What's up, Greg? How are you? I, I realize that we're really not that far away, but you know, because of the whole social distancing thing, we're like we're like 15 feet away, but yet we are doing this together. How are you? I'm doing okay. I could literally leave my office, walk around the corner, <laughs> yeah. and join you right next to you, but in the uh, in 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 the um, you know, nod to social distancing, I'll stay in my office. I, I could probably knock on my wall in front of me, and you can hear me knocking, but we'll stay where we are. You know, the, the fun thing about that is, you know, with everybody talking about 40 times right now, we could actually time you to see how long it takes you to go from your office to in here. And we could, we could, t that may be another episode of this coming up. Yeah, the, uh, the office combine. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're basically what, I don't know, I, you and I had this conversation a week or so ago and I'm sure as sports fans, just as big as sports fans as we are, we know everybody else is kind of in the same boat. You're just craving content. Everybody wants content right now without games going on. And right now we'd be talking about college basketball and, and spring football. And, and without having that, I thought, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea just for, for you and I to have a couple of chats and uh, a couple of different topics. Sometimes we may have guests, uh, but to, to do it on a video platform and then an audio platform and um, I just thought giving people an opportunity to have some, just some content right now, I think it's a pretty good idea. You know, we're, uh, we're kind of creatures of, of habit and routine and the sports season has a definite rhythm to it. And the rhythm was uh, interrupted and ended. And uh, now when you might be, you know, transitioning out of the basketball season into the completion of spring football into baseball, while following all the other sports going on, softball and track and volleyball, et cetera, um, you know, everything's just so abrupt. And, and so, you know, the, the, the routine that we've been used to for, for years and years and years has been uh, totally set a kilter at this point. So it feels uh, you know, most unusual and, and, and you know, we'd normally be planning for the next season to come starting in August or seasons to come. Uh, with soccer and, and football for us primarily, uh, even that's on hold uh, right. where you're not quite sure uh, when we'll get back into our, our regular routine. Yeah, the, uh, with the biggest thing that would be going on right now is the NCAA tournament. And certainly uh, the hope would be that if this were going on as normal, BYU you know, would still be playing. And, and you know, that's, that's certainly something that we all had uh, high hopes for. Uh, but because that's kind of the biggest story or the biggest event that would be going on right now, I wanted to actually start this off with a basketball topic. And I think for a lot of people, this will probably be somewhat of an obvious answer. It may not. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite basketball game of this past season for the BYU Cougars? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think it's, uh, it's going to be an overwhelming response in terms of uh, the Gonzaga game. Um, it's just tough to beat it in so many ways. Um, the setup for it, the senior night, uh, needing to kind of lock yourself into the NCAA tournament, uh, highest ranked team uh, to, you know, to be beaten by BYU at the Marriott Center, um, the rivalry itself with the Zags. Uh, so many things on the line, the sold out atmosphere, the fact that, you know, ESPNs, all, all, all these things together, I, I think made it, um, you know, the, the biggest game, best game, favorite game, uh, most entertaining game of the year. The St. Mary's finish was more dramatic, but for what was on the line, uh, the Gonzaga game has to be tops uh, for me and, and BYU this year. 
and I certainly understand, and there's no question in my mind that's the best win for BYU. I mean, I'm not, we're not breaking any news here that that was the biggest win for the Cougars all season. For you on a personal level, I mean, you're obviously there as, as the broadcaster, but there were so many parts of that game specifically that were highlights. Is there a moment in that game specifically that you will always remember or look, when you think of that game, that's the moment you'll go back to? Well, I, I know that um, the, the Zach Selya steal when he was on the floor, um, yanking it away from, I think it was Woolridge and getting the ball eventually up to Toulson who hits a, hits a deep three. It kind of felt like when that happened, BYU was, was going to be okay. Um, when TJ made his second three of the night and then Yoli blocked the shot at the other end, uh, going into the under four minute media timeout, that was another kind of indication that uh, BYU was, was going to have to have enough to get things done. Coming out of that break with Yoli scoring again, kind of sealed it. And then the dunk by Yo in, in the final 90 seconds or so, you know, put the cap on it. There were so many, you know, sequential moments as the game went along that kind of, uh, you know, kind of ticked off uh, or checked the boxes in terms of what BYU'd have to do to seal the deal. And, and, and then to have it kind of comfortably in hand in the final couple of minutes and just allow the, uh, the celebration to start was, uh, was pretty surreal. See, for me, I'm going to go uh, a different way. And again, I, there, there's no argument that the win over Gonzaga was the biggest win of the year without question. But the reason, one of the reasons that I'm going to, well, there's two reasons. I'm going to go with the win over Houston. And one major reason that I'm going that direction is because I had the pleasure of actually being able to call that. So I witnessed that in person. I was you know, 10 feet away from TJ when he hit the shot. So that part of it for me makes it my most favorite game. The other reason is in terms of the Gonzaga game, I did not get an opportunity to watch the Gonzaga game live. I was actually in the middle of calling BYU baseball. The Cougars were at Cal Poly. And what's so funny about that situation was that's the game that ended up going 14 innings. And so with the way that the game was set in terms of the baseball game, it started early enough that we all thought that we're going to be able to get done with the baseball game. We're going to get on the bus. And we're all going to be able to watch this Gonzaga game on our way back up to San Jose uh, on the bus. We had like a, a two and a half, three hour drive after the game. But the game for baseball ended up going to extra innings. BYU, thank goodness, ultimately won in 14. But I missed the entire game live because we were on the air with that. So, so my only viewing of that game was in a replay situation. So all of the, the stuff that happens during a live game and those emotions were a little lessened for me because I already knew what the outcome was. Right. So for that reason, you know, it was, it was a little different. That game specifically was different for me. But the ability to be able to be there in Houston and witness that shot from TJ, especially when you look at the way that BYU had played that whole game, that was BYU's first road game of the year. That was still part of those nine games initially without Yoli. And so this was really one of the big first tests. Two games prior, they had, had lost to San Diego State. Um, and I know that one hurt. But the fact that BYU went into Houston and really controlled that game. Houston came back late and had a lead with a minute 25 to go. But the way it played out after giving up the lead, and then you have, you have Toulson with a turnover, and then Houston with a carry on a breakaway that would put them up three you know, nullifies that basket. And then with five seconds, BYU has an opportunity to win. And we know the rest is history with TJ, you know, with the, uh, with the, with the fadeaway jump shot that hits the rim, bounces straight up and in. That's probably my favorite game 
of the season. But you know, Greg, I think one of the things that makes this season so much fun is there are a lot of games like that this year. I love the UCLA game. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the UCLA game, the win over Virginia Tech. I think that's what makes the season special is there were a lot of really big and really exciting wins for this team. And going back to your Houston game, uh, I didn't see any of that game live. Um, I, I listened to your call driving home from a BYU soccer call that night. That's right. Um, I, I, I couldn't go to Houston because of the timing of the football game the next day. We had an early football game uh, with, an, with, with, with uh, I think, an 11 a.m. pregame the next morning. And so just with the travel situation, it wasn't going to be a guarantee that I get back to, to Provo in time for the football game. So with that now out of the mix, um, I stayed in town and ended up doing a, a soccer game on, on the Friday night. And, and then you headed to Houston and I, I, I drove home and, and listened to the final shot uh, on the freeway as I was driving. Um, and, and, and that was a crazy experience in and of itself to hear that shot go in the way it did. And all the, the chaos that ensued involving you guys courtside was pretty cool. So like you didn't see Gonzaga live, I didn't see Houston live yeah. and had to you know, catch up on it later, but I heard the radio call. And, and as you start alluding to other games, you know, so many moments of the season we're going to set BYU up for what we never got to see to fruition, but but that 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 high NCAA tournament seed was made possible, um, you know, due to games like the one at Houston that held up really well. I mean, that that, that win at Houston was one that was going to really um, kind of be the the anchor or the linchpin of BYU's non-conference portfolio. Certainly, the wins over St. Mary's and Gonzaga in league were the ones that put BYU over the top. But that Houston game. Um, you know, really stood up, as did the Utah State game. There, there, there was a, a phase of the season where the Aggies had a dip, but, man, they finished strong, and that was going to also help BYU on, on Selection Sunday. But the Gonzaga win gets talked about for obvious reasons. Houston win, the way it happened with TJ. Uh, St. Mary's, because of TJ's late, um, you know, dagger at the top of the key three, that wins a game. The game that will get, you know, forgotten about, I think, is the one at San Diego, uh, where BYU's trailing in the closing seconds when, when TJ lobs it up for Yo, the alley-oop puts BYU in front, they make two stops at the other end. You know, BYU might've still made the NCAA tournament feel without that win, but, but at the time it would have been really damaging to BYU's momentum and perception. And I don't think they would have had as high a seat as they would have otherwise if they hadn't pulled that out. And they did. And again, all these things the Cougars did down the stretch were setting them up for a selection Sunday that, were, that we never got to see. And that's the ultimate, you know, sadness of this season. They've done almost everything right to put themselves in a position to be where they wanted to be on Selection Sunday. Not losing a game in February, 8-0 yeah. for the first time in BYU basketball history in the month of February, nine-game win streak overall. Yeah, things didn't end, they wanted, didn't end the way they wanted to in Vegas, but, you know, that aside, the Cougars were still going to get uh, a very worthy reward on Selection Sunday. And, and if you spend too much time thinking about it, you can really – <laughs> put yourself in a, in a not very fun place, um, knowing all that went into um, something that, that, you know, for which there was no payoff, you know, and, and yes, we have the memories, we have the recollections, nothing will take away all the heart and soul that went in uh, to those 24 wins, but man, it's going to be an empty feeling knowing that, you know, TJ and Yo never got uh, to that NCAA tournament that they had earned um, by sticking it out and, and, and being good together for four consecutive years. That's among the things that, uh, you know, makes you the most, you know, sad from a sports sense about this season. Well, and when you think of, 
when you cover teams, obviously with what we do, you're also looking for storylines. And there was never a shortage of storylines with this basketball team. I mean, obviously you had, first of all, before the suspension, it was the fact that Yoli was coming back in general was a massive story for this team. And then you had the suspension and how the team was going to do and then how well they prepared. You mentioned, you know, the nine-game winning streak towards the end of the year. The fact that they never lost back-to-back games and Jake Toulson and how they shot the ball. There were so many storylines about this team that, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost too much from one team. There were so many positive things happening, and I agree with you. To be able to have it end the way it did, it just feels unfinished. And to have Gavin Baxter, you know, come back with the intent of helping his team get to and then get through the NCAA tournament, um, we never got to see that play out. Dalton Nixon never got to return, you know. Um, Dalton Nixon suffers a pretty significant injury at LMU, um, in the fifth to last regular season game, I think. And then the objective was, um, given the time on the calendar, they could get him back for that first Thursday of the NCAA tournament. And from what I understand, things were pacing that way, but we'll never know. And so to know that he had to play his last game in the way that it went, um, you know, another element of melancholy, uh, from this season. Again, I, I think there are more, you know, ultimate positives to take. Uh, from from the way the season played out, but but um, but but the ultimate negative is is the fact that that nobody BYU or anybody got to get the true reward of their season. Uh, the reward that we're left with um, are the memories of the year and yeah. and the different storylines you just uh, alluded to that made this season so special. Nothing will take away from you know the the, the guts and 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 just the, the intensity and uh, the resiliency and all the things that made us love this team. We'll always remember them fondly. But, um, you know, even, you know, if, even if, if this year's journey was going to end somewhere short of a national championship, you would have seen BYU uh, put it all out there till the zeros were on the clock in their final NCAA tournament game, uh, knowing that they gave it all. And in this case, they're all happened to, you know, come earlier and, and much earlier than, than hoped and expected. And um, that's just uh, one of the lessons of sport and lessons of life in this very strange year for so many people. Again, it's not just the basketball team, but it's the one we're most closely connected to. Every, you know, other team and coach and student athlete affected by the shutdown is dealing with similar feelings to a different extent. But, uh, you know, clearly uh, this team had captured not only, you know, Cougar Nation's attention, but, you know, the attention of the country. And, you know, so many national observers have expressed their belief that BYU was a team poised to make some noise in the NCAA tournament. And uh, we just never got to see it. Yeah. Before we wrap things up, uh, it would probably be in our best interest to at least acknowledge, because we mentioned there's an audio version of this, and then there's a video version of, of this conversation. And for those that are watching the video version, uh, about a minute or so ago, you may have seen somebody uh, hunkering down behind me trying to stay out of view of the camera. That was Jerem Jordan, who <laughs> thought that he was low enough, uh, that he wasn't in frame, uh, but he was. So you saw Jerem crawling on the floor behind me to try and avoid the camera. It would be weird if I didn't acknowledge that that happened. Uh, so Jerem Jordan making somewhat of a silent uh, appearance on this uh, endless conversation, yeah, on the video I, I, version. I, I, I missed that because I was so solely focused on my, <laughs> on, on, on my camera. But I've got my camera here, and I've got screen. I've got a big monitor screen here and a big monitor screen here. But I yes. avoided those monitors to focus solely on the camera, so I missed what was happening over here on this screen with Jerem. 
but yeah. he's welcome to just you know make an appearance whenever he can cross he can cross in camera view yes. uh, you know anytime no problem i should note this by the way i i see that in the background you know i i in my office there's a lot of byu blue obviously yes red kind of stands out yes and, and and it might rub some people the wrong way why why why, why does he have red in his office there's kind of a visceral reaction you know to the color red um yeah. but it, it is a it is a calgary flames uh stanley cup playoff towel from last year i, I did go to calgary for a game in the playoffs last year came back with that memento and so it hangs proudly in my office, but I hope it isn't too distracting or too off-putting. I can get rid of it for future uh, episodes, but that's why I've got red up here. That's the only reason I would have it. Yeah, see, now I don't have anything behind me, but in front of me, I have a, uh, a license plate that has St. Louis Cardinals on it, uh, which obviously they, they wear red. I have a picture of Andy Reid signed by Coach Reid wearing his red Chiefs. And then I have the Super Bowl champion a towel for the Kansas City Chiefs, also in red. So even though you can't see it, I do have some red. I hope that that's okay. Uh, look, we understand there's one kind of red you just don't. That's what we're avoiding at this point. See, that there kind we of go. red's okay. Yes. That, that, that's see? some more red. And the only other real element of red in my <laughs> office is is this bad boy. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, from the Nebraska game a few years ago. Uh, Mitch Matthews signed it, and it, it, it hangs, hangs proudly in my, in, in my office here. So those are the elements of red in an otherwise blue office here yes. uh, at BYU Broadcasting. So did, did you enjoy this enough that maybe you would want to do more of this? Oh, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let, let's make it a regular occurrence. Uh, okay. Me in my office and you like 10 feet away in your yes. office. Yes. yes, all right. Sounds good. Thanks, Greg. Um, I will see you. I don't know, in like 10 seconds, maybe? Yeah, if you want to, just walk on over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, see you.